welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. I am Jessica Fernandez-Cruz. And I am Yen B. Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women. Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome, Wonder Women. Here we are, ready for another Wonder Woman conversation. Thank you guys for joining. Today, it's just Yemvi and me. Yemvi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Jessica? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm excited because today we're going to talk to Yemvi. Just listen to the expert that she is in this field of biohacking our skin. And, you know, we always try to bring interesting people to have great conversations. But I thought if we have you and you're the expert, why am I not asking you the questions straight away? (laughs) (laughs) So today our expert is Yemvi. So Yemvi, let's see. Let me just give a little introduction to get started before we go and jump into the biohacking your skin concept. And I was thinking, you know, how do we want to introduce this? But I think that there was a part that came to my mind was the beauty of the biology of the skin and really the purpose of the skin, right? Like we forget because we tend to just look at our face and hope to see our skin looking super young and release the wrinkles and all of that. But the skin has a function and it's an organ in our body, the biggest organ in our body. And it's there to protect us from all the environmental factors. It protects our muscles, our bones, our organs. The skin has also different aspects about it. For example, we have very thin skin and very thick skin. And the thinnest skin, we find that around our eyes, which is 0.5 millimeters. But then the thickest skin is on our feet, which is four millimeters. And I just find this fascinating how beautiful nature is that it does things in a certain way that is so perfect all in its own. So you know, we, we tend to be very mean with our skin. And I just want to bring this awareness towards, you know, loving our skin and appreciating our skin. But then there's the skin industry, <laughs> the skincare industry, right? One of the greatest and biggest markets in the world, probably, that keeps growing and growing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What do you think about that? The skin industry and the not just skin, but it's uh, skin health, cosmetics, right? It's a huge market. And because of that, and there's no real regulation around it as much as as we hope, right? And so anything can come on the market, make claims, just like supplements. And if you're a really great marketer, you're going to get people to buy it, whether it's good for you or not, whether it has things like parabens and ingredients that's tested on animals. And so where my my story really started with really focusing on the skin to start off was really around the age of 40 or a little bit before 40 was, you know, I even at 30, I noticed I, I looked in the mirror, just like everybody else, you hit that milestone age and you're like, huh, what's happening to my face? And you look for the crow's feet and everything. And then 40 comes around and then there's an, another milestone. 
And you think to yourself, okay, I need to start really taking care of myself. What do I need to do to take care of it? But being a biohacker, the way I saw skin is that it's a biomarker, right? It's a marker for good health. It's a marker for nutrition. It's a marker for stress. It's everything comes out in your skin. If you're hormonal, it comes out. If you're eating poorly, it comes out. If you're not sleeping, it really comes out. And so that's where I really focused on the skin as a biomarker, as a, I can look at you and know that there's something going on nutritiously, if there's lacking, whether your liver has problems. And I actually worked with a, a doctor that was a biochemist, a naturopath and a PhD in biochemistry and, and naturopath. And he was, he had the ability to look at our fingernails, our tongue and our skin to tell us if we had liver problems kidney problems, all these disorders of whether we had cancer even. And he actually diagnosed my mother-in-law that she was going to have cancer in her you know, various organs, but she had fought through breast cancer at that time. And she was already starting to go through the treatments and everything and only had been in her breast. But there was various signs of other cancer and tumors that would be growing in other areas. And that was just by looking at certain areas of her face and features. And so I learned that from this physician, because I'll give you one example when it comes to skin health is in the back of your neck, you can tell when a person has diabetes, for example, by we call it road mark. And you can see like a pattern, like a, a thickness in the back of somebody's neck. You can also tell if the person has high estrogen dominance by looking at their skin and looking at what we call red angiomas, right? And Dr. Atkins actually had a bunch of them before he had heart disease, right? Because estrogen dominance leads to a lot of different types of diseases as well. You can tell when a person has cardiovascular health disorders by their earlobes. And so these are all things that that you can tell by, by just looking at the markers of the body. But being that... um. I don't want to say vain, but I like the way I look. I like the way I feel. <laughs> so I said, you know, my skin's getting wrinkly in a sense. I'm starting to see fine lines and wrinkles, the stress. You know, there are certain fine lines and wrinkles that was always there on my forehead that I thought was just part of me. And I said, well, you know, I have to start looking for stuff to fix this. And I don't know where to go. I don't want to turn to Botox or Restylane and all these injections that many, many individuals you know, in their 30s or early 30s start to look towards. I have never done that. And so I said, how do I do this naturally? And so I started doing a lot of research on products out there. And I went to, you know, Sephora and I walked in and I was just completely overwhelmed because I didn't even know where to start when it came to my skin. Let's stop here for a second. Because I feel like when you say that, every single woman has this feeling, I think, when we open a magazine and suddenly there's an advertisement about a gray cream and we fall into it. I'm like, oh, that's a gray cream. I got to buy it. But the truth is I have no idea if that's the cream I should be buying. I just buy it because the advertising is so good. So if I go into Sephora, like you say, and I see all these creams or in Mark supermarket or wherever I am, I'll just play a little bit by, by ear, by intuition. Well, you've, of course, taught me a lot, and that's why we want to bring this today to this conversation. But how important is it to have some knowledge around this to be able to make the right choice, right? So I did want to make that break here because I think it's very important to realize that there's a lot of marketing out there and we fall very easily into that market. Right. And with a, a background in engineering as well, you know, I like as few steps as possible. When I do something, I try to think of efficiency. And we're all very busy individuals. 
and we have children, we have businesses, we have work. And so, you know, the, 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 the one thing that I hear most from women who want to get into skincare for themselves is I don't have time. I don't have time to put this on. I don't know when I'm going to wash this. And so they think that there's this, this 10 step process, which, you know, it can be if you really think about it, but if it's part of, if you take a shower and you wash your face, it's, it's the same process, right? It's within the same process of washing your hair. But when these companies sell you an entire packet, you're looking at each bottle as an individual step, right? As opposed to it, how, how is that part of your, your daily living? How is it involved into what you're already doing? And so that was a piece of how, why I started my company Victus was thinking about those things that women are challenged with when they want to take care of themselves, especially their skin. They want to feel beautiful. And what I discovered during this process of research and discovery is that, you know, there's just so much product out there that's not needed, right? And the marketing is, it's so overwhelming and there's so much, there's very, very good marketers. And But once you dig deep into it, you don't even need it. There's no reason for it. And one product would do everything. If you really think about the health underlying health and what it does for your body, and this can be in a serum, in a lotion or, or in a ingestible, right? And so when I look at skin, the three things that I really put things into is, is it an antioxidant? Does it fight free radicals, right? That's the biggest piece, right? Free radicals will cause inflammation, will break down car, will break down, you know, cause cancer, will break down your collagen. And that's another one is collagen, that's the biggest, that, that was the silver bullet that I learned while doing my research. I said, well, if I could just put something all in one, what would it be that I have to look at for our women from the ages of 30 and up, really? Because that, that's when I discovered that things start to you know, break down further for our skin. And the other is smoking. That's the biggest other thing that if you do the research, smoking encompasses every breakdown in our body from longevity to just our skin itself, the way we look, the wrinkles, that kind of thing. And so I, so those are the three things I look at. And of course, like exercise as part of lifestyle and everything too, but does the product offer, you know, antioxidant, something that's free radical protective for the skin, right? Because of UV rays. So you'll, people will sell you things like, you know, this is a serum or a, a sunblock or something like that. But if you have antioxidant, that's going to help also be a barrier to the skin as well to like UV rays, right? But what's really great is that it helps what you find most prominent that has antioxidants is vitamin C, right? And so vitamin C, you'll see that in a lot of serums, is that it helps with neutralizing the skin tone, helps with wrinkles, and it helps build an, a barrier, a, an additional barrier to UV rays, right? And so when, when I mentioned earlier about collagen, vitamin C is so important. It's almost the most, if anything, the most essential vitamin for building collagen. So there's, there's two things. There's vitamin C and collagen, but they do go hand in hand. Vitamin C is going to enhance collagen, right? Am I getting this right? Yeah. And so what, what I learned was after the age of 30, you start to break down collagen or your body stops producing collagen efficiently, right? You start losing the ability, about 1% of collagen in your everywhere. Collagen is made up in your bones, your organs, your tissues, your vessels, your intestine, and mostly in your skin. 
And so as once you turn 30, around that age of 30, you start losing about 1% of your collagen every single year. So imagine you've lost 2%, 3%, but the, the drastic drop off is around when you hit menopause. Within the first five years of menopause, because of the, the drop in hormones that helps produce collagen as well, you lose 30%. So by the age of 55, you know, you start to see women who go through menopause, like they start to really like break down, become fragile in, in certain areas. So it's that that skin when we when we have collagen, it feels like very tight. Exactly. It's the support structure for everything in our body, in our, especially in our skin. It holds up, the, it's pliable, it makes it tighter, and it fills in. So when you do like fillers, all they're doing is putting in something to fill so it tightens and it plumps so that you don't have the wrinkles, right? Whether it's, uh, so it's a, it could be a collagen injection, it could be hyaluronic injections, right? Which is another a natural molecule that your, bo- your body produces. And so I thought to myself, well, all these women are injecting these things and what they're lacking is collagen. That's the base of everything that we're lacking, but we're putting ourselves through injections and doing all these things when all we have to do is build our, make our body build collagen on its own, right? And it's because we're already going at a deficit in collagen, So what we need is to supplement with collagen and then give it nutrients that the collagen needs to help our cells make more. And that essential is vitamin C because what happens with collagen is when you ingest, let's say with the Victus powder, when you ingest that, it has five different types of collagen, right? And those collagens are for things like hair, nails, your muscle, for your tissue, your joints, right? Because collagen makes up all those areas. But when you ingest it, it comes in the form of amino acids. And the, the collagen I have is, it's a hydrolyzed collagen. So it's extremely processed down so that you can actually absorb the protein from it because it, collagen is very big itself. And so you can't break it down in your body. And so once you, you break it down, you can ingest it. But then now you have these amino acids in your body. And the amino acids needs to attach to vitamin C in order to build a structure. And then so you build like a scaffold and that structure actually is what gives you the support. So without vitamin C, you can't build collagen. And so you just have what you call amino acids. Just See, but this right there, this is so important to understand. Because when you when you look, now I'm thinking of the products when they're being sold to you. I don't know this. So if it says collagen and it's going to make me look young, I buy it or vitamin C and because it's it's the essential element for youth. Okay, vitamin C, but it's the combination that's where the key exactly. is. Exactly. That's the hack and that's the the that's why I put together what I call the collagen solution kit, right? Because it's the amino acids that you need to for your hair, your skin, your joints, but then the vitamin C which you can also, because I take a vitamin C supplement every day as well. I take about 500 milligram of vitamin C because vitamin C is needed to make hyaluronic acid as well, which is the is what keeps your skin moist, right? And and glowing in, in essence, but collagen does that too. And so th- I would say the, the, the biggest and most important vitamin to have in nutrient is a vitamin C as well, especially if you're focusing on collagen development. And you can get that in food or you can supplement it with a supplement. And then I, I also, a third one I have is, it's what I call triple peptides. The peptides actually goes into the skin and 
those peptides, they're amino acids as well. And what they do is they help build elastin, which is the flexibility of the skin. Now, so what you think about is of your skin is you have structure and then it needs to be flexible. So it's not dry and it's not breaking. Right. And that's what you need so that it's, it can move and it's pliable. And so that's, that's really it. At the end of the day, when I look at skin, there's all these things that's out there. And I said, you know, we're, our skin's getting wrinkly, it's sagging, and it's because we're lacking collagen. And, and we're actually injecting it in our face and in areas. But if you ingest it, it kickstarts your cells to start doing it itself. And the, the beauty of your cells building its own collagen is because it hasn't been in a certain, uh, it's not efficiently building collagen. Once you teach it to build collagen, it starts doing it itself. And so I do, I do what you, you call a collagen load. So I have a lot of individuals who have you know messaged me and asked me how much collagen should I take? And I'll tell them first, like really like 60 to 90 days, I do a load, meaning that our bodies are already so deficient, especially in our age group, for example, so deficient in collagen already because we've been losing it, that you can load up on it, so maybe double up on the on the the scoops of or the the dosage, so that your body gets that kickstart. Because right now we're only taking about I think it was from my research was about three percent of our collagen intake per day, three percent. Wow! So there's a huge deficiency there, obviously. There's a huge deficiency, so you have to fill the hole, right? And then once you once you get your body efficiently doing that, it'll start working on its own, and then you could just kind of level off and take the dosage. But some of the the results that I've you know seen and heard and been given is you know joint pain is gone within like a week to two, and it usually goes where it needs to go. So if your hair is breaking and thinning, it's going to go where it needs to go. But maybe your joint. My father took it, and in a week. He said, I've been suffering from this joint pain for years and it's gone. And the intention was not even for him for to focus on it. I didn't even know he had a joint pain until he told me. For me, I always said, it's good for you. Just take it. And then he told me about the joint pain. You know, and I have, so I have friends that their hair just got fuller. Their nails got really, you know, stronger and longer and mine too. The health benefits of it is there. And that's what I like about it is that you're not just doing fillers just to solve an immediate problem that you have to spend $500 a month on every single month when you can naturally do it, fill it, build that structure, and then add longevity to it because you're you're really giving nutrition to your body where it's needed. So for you, this is, I guess, also the thing to, to understand from this is this is not just about creams and serums. This supplement has to be part of your skincare routine, right? And I want to ask you something that you explained to me once, and I think everybody will benefit from this information because it's also very confusing. Like the format in which we buy vitamin C, right? And you explained to me that it's very important the way you apply the, the, the cream where it comes from, like the little bottle or serum or whatever it is, that it doesn't have any contact with oxygen. So, because it loses the vitamin C at that point. So, uh, regarding the vitamin C, you explained to me something that I think our audience can, can benefit from because I didn't know this. And I have bought before like vitamin C serums. And your question was like, is this a serum that you apply directly in your hand 
or do you have to open it? And is there any oxygen coming into that cream or serum that I'm buying? So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So vitamin C is very unstable by itself, especially. It's it's extremely unstable. And there's two factors that apply to vitamin C when purchasing a serum is that is it a pump or is it a dropper? Right. I learned about this and you'll see it in some some quality products where you'll see that they'll put a little a precaution that saying make sure you put the cap on if you're going to open it because once oxygen touches vitamin C it oxidizes and the other thing so so basically becomes ineffective once it's oxidized you're just lathering on serum that's not really doing anything because it's it doesn't work anymore it's ineffective the other thing is vitamin C is very sensitive to light and so when you have it for example, my, my bottling is their amber bottle, right? And in a pump system. So that oxygen doesn't go into the bottle. It actually, any, it just goes out, right? That's one. And then in an amber bottle, which is, it has to be contained so that no light hits the vitamin C or the product itself. And you, and you keep it in a dark, cool area. So that, so it is a very fragile vitamin to have as a, a skincare product. And so there's ways that companies We'll, we'll mix it with other vitamins to stabilize it, but there are vitamins where you don't have to, um, but the, the better thing to do is just do what you're supposed to, which is don't expose it to oxygen, right? I, I don't recommend the droppers. I know there's a lot of droppers out there. I don't prefer the droppers knowing what I know, right? And any chance of me spending the next month or 30 days putting ineffective products on my face is something that, and, and even if there's a, 20% chance of me putting ineffective products on my face and thinking that's working for me, that that's out the door for me. And so those are the big two factors because what's the point, right? What's the point if it's degrading and then you're still using it? Go go get something, spend a little bit more money possibly. Or there could be products out there right now that you don't have to spend that money, but they just have to, they, they had that thought process in place when they, they did it. So it's not just a person that's just selling cosmetics and skincare. It's a, a real scientist that thought about the process of, of how these things interact and when they touch your skin. Um, the other thing that, that, that we want to think about biohacking is that our skin, the molecules, the things that we put on our skin, there's a certain measurement. It's called a doubtin, right? And that molecule of the product, serums, ointments, oils, those ingredients, they have to be smaller than 500 doubtin, meaning that that's the only way it's going to permeate the skin. So it's, if it's bigger, that's why when you look at, because I, I get a lot of text messages from my friends when, when they go shopping and stuff and they're looking for things and they say, can I, what about this collagen, quote unquote, collagen lotion or collagen cream, right? Because collagen is kind of the hype right now because there's a lot of biohackers that's using it because there is a lot of science to it. But in anything, once you, you find something that works, people will abuse it and market the heck out of it, whether it works or not. And so you can't put collagen on your face and think that it's going to go into your body. It doesn't work that way because the collagen is so large as well. Right. And so it's not going to permeate the skin. Once you sweat, have you ever had put on lotion and then you sweat and it starts dripping down or coming off? And so that's what happens when you have put skincare products that the ingredients or the molecules are larger than 500 down. And so that's the average number that you have to consider. So this is interesting that you say that because I remember you had a post on your Instagram 
and I'm going to just read it because I, I wrote it down. It says, did you know that hyaluronic acids, particle size, and creams and serums are normally too large to penetrate the skin? And this is it, right? This is what we're talking about as well. It's the same thing. Yes. And there's a lot of products. Hyaluronic acid is actually something that the body generates. And vitamin C is one of the essentials that make hyaluronic acid. And you find hyaluronic acid in your skin and your joints and everything too. It's a lubricant almost, right? It, and so the, the thing about hyaluronic is the hydration factor of it is when you put it on your skin, you'll see it go to work right away. But the problem is there's different particle size of hyaluronic acid. So there are the ones that you could put on and you'll see because it takes in like a thousand times more, uh, I think it was 10,000 more water than its own like weight, right? And so it starts filling up, but it's very superficial because it just sits on the skin. Once you sweat, it just comes off. So there are hyaluronic acids that are very small in particle size, you know, and those are the ones that actually sink into the skin and goes under the, the, the skin and will do the job. The one thing that I want to say about using a hyaluronic acid is that when you use it or any products, really, I always recommend, especially any skincare, is that your skin is already moist. Let's say you get out of the shower and you put it on, you put it on so that one, your pores are more open. So if you're doing like a serum and that kind of thing, it helps, right? Because your your pores are open and clean, right? The other is when there's hyaluronic acid, it wants to seal that moisture in, right? It holds it. Because when you put it on a dry skin, hyaluronic acid on dry skin actually can do the opposite and make it worse for your skin. So those are little things where those are things that you know, you go and you hear about the buzzwords of hyaluronic acid, the buzzword of collagen, buzzword of vitamin C, but not knowing these these small things makes the product ineffective and it can make things worse. And waste your money. <laughs> and waste your money. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the other thing is the way I, I look at skincare as well is that nutrition is the biggest factor. As I said, you know, vitamin C is is the cofactor. Cofactor means that it's like the partner to collagen. You need vitamin C. But before we go to that, let me just because so that we go step by step. I let's close this this part of the of what we're learning with you today. And I want to first of all also give everybody your Instagram account because you have so much valuable information on this. So that if anybody wants to keep learning with you, what's your Instagram account, Yumi? For Victus is a uh, Victus woman. Advictus women. Okay. Awesome. Because I really like there's so much valuable information there. And I think it's so useful for us when we question everything that we need to do. So vitamin C, hyaluronic acid, and collagen are the three things that we need to keep in mind. You have a great package that goes together. So it's easy for us to just know what we need to take. So if you guys are interested in that, just go and have a look at this page and you'll find all the information there. But now I want to bring in another way of taking care of your skin, right? So we have nutrition. You also mentioned sometimes meditation. We talk about exercise. And then there's other things that are out there like, I don't know, cryotherapy, stem cells or stuff like that. Go ahead. Just start off with whatever you think is the most exciting thing for everybody to know. But I feel like we talk about skin so much. So like it's just the cream. And then if this cream doesn't work, then I need to go and get Botox. Well, there's so many more things you can do for your skin. And this is, this is relevant. 
you know, when I say, you know, green tea, like matcha green tea, that's nutrient based. So it falls under these big buckets or these umbrellas of, of ideas. And that's how I think about skincare is lifestyle. So nutrition, exercise, these are things that you can do moderately. And the goal is, and it comes back to biohacking is how do you biohack yourselves really? Because all of this contributes back to how well are your cells doing? Because when you're, no matter what you put on your face, superficially, underneath, if it's unhealthy, it's you're going to always need to cover it up. That's all it comes back down to. Everything else is just a cover up. But if your your cells are really healthy, you know you're eating the appropriate nutrients, things with a lot of antioxidants, lots of greens, polyphenols. Right. These are things that are high in antioxidants that helps combat what you call oxidative stress and inflammation. That's what basically what free radicals do is that it causes inflammation, it causes disease. And when you're healthy in lifestyle and you eat nutritiously, these are all like yoga and those type of things. These are all little tools for you to be healthy so that your cells are healthy. That's really what it comes down to. And that's why I focus so much on, on the cells itself, because when your cells are, are prime and ready, you introduce more nutrient to it, like a collagen powder, amino acids, those type of things. And your cells starts to thrive on it. It helps it, you know, grow and do the things that it needs to do even more. And so the, the base of everything is, and that's the base of biohacking is give your, the cells and nutrition the sleep, the energy that it needs so that it comes out in the skin. Because when you look at acne, when you look at, you know, eczema, those type of things, those are all inflammation based, right? And so you bring down that inflammation and then you feed it nutrients. And that's why I look at the vitamin C and the polypeptides, the amino acids, those type of things. Those are all nutrients to kickstart your cells to do more of, of what they need to do. This is so great because it also connects very well with our conversation last week with Dr. Marcella Young and how important it was at that same level to to connect with our cellular level and understand that that's, that's the core. That's where we're going to get into. And it's great to see this, right? Because I think the skin is so physical. It's so the outside that we forget that everything you put on your skin goes into your cells. And that's what we want to work on there. Um, I mean, just so that we can understand how much it does, there's hormone therapy that's done by creams. So it's as deep as that. And I remember you posted something about parabens as well. How there've been some studies that don't, I mean, they don't really say that the outcome is that you get cancer, but that there is a certain link between parabens and that and how that affects your body. Because one more time, let's not forget your skin is an organ. So imagine, because we forget that we don't see our skin as an organ. But if I would tell you, that you can look at your liver, that you can put it in front of you, what would you put on that liver? How would you take care of it, right? And if we can look at it from that perspective, then we understand how much, because if you do that to the liver, that's going to go to the rest of your body as well. It's all connected. So it's a very powerful message that you're bringing here that I think it switches the way we take care of our skin, definitely. And it makes me question, like, what are the things that I can improve around that a lot? There's a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> That's why biohacking is so critical for a mindset, right? Us as biohackers, it's a mindset. The mindset is to analyze the science that's available to us, that's given to us, 
And where do you apply it? You apply it to really look at yourselves because every everything we t- we talk about in these podcasts and in these episodes, it's these are just tools to hack. They're just hacks, right? Tools that you can use that works for you. But the the mindset itself is, does that work for me? And what do I need to know about it so that I can put a plan together for myself. And the skin is just another outcome that we're looking for, another biomarker. That's how I look at it. Just, you know, you look at Dave Asprey and he uses mitochondria as the biomarker, right? That's his goal. I look at the skin as a biomarker. I suffered from hives and eczema my whole life, right? And so I've, I've been in meetings where, remember I had eczema on my neck and in stressful meetings, the eczema would start turning red and itchy. And you can see it. I just want to scratch at it. And so th- that's that's a point of stress, cortisol increase, and your skin is starting to show it. And so that's why it's it's so important to turn the mindset away from trying to cover up these things and finding out, okay, if I exercise, if I ate correctly and I ate, gave my skin, you know, whether it's on the surface level or ingested, the nutrients, the skin cells, the nutrients it needed, is it going to do everything that it's supposed to? It does everything that's supposed to for my heart, my liver, my organs, my brain. So why wouldn't it do the same thing for my skin organ? And you make me think about something like I was listening to you and thinking at the same time, when do I feel that my skin is at my best? And for me, the one thing where I really notice when it's better or worse is sleep. If I have a good night's sleep, I can immediately see my skin glowing and being much better. And if I'm like in a whole week not sleeping well, I immediately notice that skin more dry, like I need to put apply more cream. It looks obviously worse, but the feeling of the skin is also different. Yes, 1000%. They did a study actually of sleep deprivation just on skin and how the individual looks without sleep. And it was something to the extent of about 48 hours sleep deprivation, meaning that you only slept a couple hours within the 48-hour time period. You know how sometimes we 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 go to a party or we do stuff and then we only slept three hours and then we go to work and then we go out again and then we sleep another four hours, right? And the study said that within that time frame, you actually look, quote unquote, uglier to the public. So you have bags. And so you actually look, I don't want to say uglier, that was a horrible word to say, but unattractive. Actually, the word was unattractive to the opposite, the person that's looking at you because everything, your skin is unhealthier. You have bags under eyes. So this, the attractiveness, it, it actually goes down. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Very interesting. And how about, what do you know about stem cells, for example, for the skin? Stem cells, I, I'm so like for PRP, what they're taking is platelets and they're putting basically your platelets. Right. Oh, so so that's for the collagen again. Yes. It's kind of like the, the mic, micro needing does the collagen too, because you're getting your cells to turn over. Right. And so retinol helps your cells regenerate itself too. Retinol is another one that I like a lot, but you have to be very careful with retinol because it actually is a carcinogenic once it's exposed to sun. And so I always say, don't wear ever wear anything that's retinal based in during the day at all. And if you do it at night, uh, if you do it, which I, I use a retinal once to maybe twice a week, but it's you can it can be very sensitive to it because it's an acid and you never mix acids. That's the one thing you, you like the vitamin. All right. So we don't use vitamin C and retinol at the same time. 
Never, never, never. And I always like to keep those separate. Anything that's acid-based, always keep them separate. The reason why is then you can break out and it, you get red and abrasive. it becomes very abrasive for the skin itself. This is very interesting because I had an allergy in my eyes recently and I, I, I tried a new cream. Again, because I saw it in a magazine and I thought, I'm going to try this cream. But I have a serum vitamin C. This cream has retinol in it. And I mix the vitamin C with the retinol. I don't know if that's the reason, but it's making me think that maybe because I was mixing these two things without any knowledge, of course, yet again, here's an example of me thinking, oh, this is all good stuff. So let's just put it all in the face, right? And the reaction is the opposite of what I wanted. Although the cream felt really good, but then my eyes were like a little swollen. I'm like, I can't keep using this cream. The thing is that, you know, sometimes... They'll put just a little bit of something so they can use the word, right? So the, the ingredient, you know, the ingredient may have very, very little, quote unquote, retinol or very, very little vitamin C, um, but it's a buzzword. But if you really think about it, if you go right now, you've got your vitamin C separately, like one product with vitamin C and one product with retinol, you put them together and put it on, more than likely you'll break out or have redness and, you know, it, it, the outcome won't be great. And so you just have to be careful with mixing any type of acids because it, it becomes too strong for the skin. And so if I if I use a retinol, I don't use anything. Maybe I'll use a peptide, but I like to keep my retinols and I mix it with a cream, you know, so that it, because retinol is very strong. So I mix it with a cream so it doesn't, you know, burn the skin or ir- irritate the skin because I, I've heard a lot of people use retinol and get redness and irritation and dryness from it. But the most important thing for me with retinol, and this is one of the reasons, even though I use it, I don't carry it as Victus, is because I don't want to be involved with something that could, if somebody used it incorrectly, could harm the person. Because So make sure that when you use retinol, you wash it off every single morning and thoroughly wash it off and wear some cloth as well. So I have a million questions that I, we could go on and on and on, but it's Time to finish because we could talk about the routines, what we do, how we wash our face, when we should wash our face. And we'll do that. I think we should do a second episode on this because it's worth, I mean, I get get a lot of value from this conversation. I'm sure our Wonder Women that are listening as well. So let's just sum up the message here. Give us the last, the final message that what we need to know before we leave. Think of your skin, as you said, as an organ and everything that that you do for your skin, think of it as a cell. And I use this analogy in one of my posts is that your cell, imagine it's a human being, another person. What would you do to keep that person healthy, right? You would feed it, you would exercise, you would give it the right right nutrients. Uh, You wouldn't just, you know, lather it up in crap, right? And so, so think of it as an individual itself that you want to nourish and take care of. And, and when you think of it that way, you, you think of it holistically. Exactly. I love it. Think of it holistically, nourish it, take care of it. Thank you so much, Yamvi. Time's up, so it's time to go. This was awesome, and we'll talk soon. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page, and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.